days away from Christmas, and uh, we got an early Christmas gift this month with a very um, musical chairs type game in the Western Conference as teams switching in and out of position, some teams completely dropping off the playoff picture. So we'll break down some of those hot teams and some of those sinking Western Conference teams. We'll also break down the Conference Players of the Week, the chaotic trade that went down, and is LeBron James recruiting Anthony Davis? Who knows? It depends who you ask. But before we break, we head into the podcast here in the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Uh, Sean, you want to introduce our special guest? Yeah, our very special guest and probably our number one fan too, my dad, joining the podcast for this special holiday edition of the Second Stringers. How's it going? Oh, good. Thank you, Sean and Alan. It's uh, great to be here. I'm a longtime listener to the podcast, of course, and uh, good to participate for the first time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you're probably our most active member in the comment section, too. So, I mean, I'm sure yeah. you got a lot of opinions to voice. Yeah, I'm very opinionated when it comes to the NBA. Unfortunately, I love we, it. Unfortunately, but fortunately, we probably won't be talking about Carmelo Anthony on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not the biggest Carmelo Anthony fan. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go over those. those Laker rumors yeah. swirling around. But, yeah, you got yeah. a trivia question for us here, huh, Alan? Yeah, I love it. I love it. That your opinion about the NBA, let's hear it. But first, let's start off with this uh, uh, trivia question that kind of tells the story of just how um, the ch- how how many changes have been going on this month in the Western Conference. So the Western Conference playoff race is basically musical chairs, and in December, out of fourteen teams, only three did not hold a playoff spot. Which are they? Well, I can say the Phoenix Suns are one. <laughs> yeah, that one's the easy one for sure. <laughs> so there's two more. Um, what do you think, Dad? In the Western Conference? Yeah, in the Western yes. Conference. Um, Houston Rockets? That's actually not one of them. Oh, they've had it. Really? Yeah, they they've had it. They... Okay, I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Not the Timberwolves. What? No way! <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, wow, right. <laughs> I guess it I has guess been just... kind of crazy. That is really crazy. That was, yeah. Those were like my two guesses would have been the Rockets and the, the Timberwolves Ro- as the other the, teams. No, the Rockets got to the eight seed, just, were an eight seed just like two days ago. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, just and they, then, then, yeah. then they got bumped out. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's got to be the Pelicans. The Pelicans are one. That's right. The got Pelicans. There's one more and left. And the Spurs. Not the Spurs. Wait, they have a playoff wait, no, spot no, no. right I, now. I, uh, as we speak. <laughs> wow, we're really bad at this. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Jazz. The Jazz. There the you Pelicans go. The Pelicans and the Jazz. Wow. And the, Suns. the Pelicans, the Jazz, and the Suns are the only three teams that have not held a playoff spot so far in the month of December. I don't think they make the climb with the last couple weeks that we have left this month. Wow. We did really bad that's, at that. That's that's an amazing uh, question. I would have never <laughs> guessed uh, with Utah, they won a few games in a row, and the Pelicans, with the talent they have, to not be in a playoff spot is kind of amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Pelicans, they've had a lot of bad injuries, I think is why. They've struggled a lot lately. Um, mm-hmm. Like Miritich is out right now. Um, they haven't had Alfred Payton for more than a few games this year. Um, right. So, Yeah. They're kind of like in waves. They win two, but then they end up losing three. Win two, lose two. Uh, they're just uh, they're just like consistently inconsistent. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but this week we also had a chaotic trade go down between the Phoenix Suns, 
the Washington Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies, a trade that just played out right in front of everybody on Twitter uh, with Woj giving us all the juicy details <laughs> minute <laughs> by minute as this trade just uh, picked up and then just completely broke down over uh, – a smack in the head mistake. You want to break down what happened here, Sean? <laughs> yeah, so we don't have an exact timeline, but basically what happened was there was originally a three-team deal um, involving the Suns, the Wizards, and the Grizzlies uh, where the Suns were going to try to get uh, Dylan Brooks from Memphis. The Wizards were going to get uh, Trevor Ariza from the Suns, and the Grizzlies were going to get Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre Jr., I <laughs> believe, and... They guess there was a lot of miscommunication over which Brooks, either Dylan or Marshawn, on the Grizzlies was the one involved in the deal. And when just when things were about to get finalized, the Suns thinking that they were getting Dylan Brooks, the Memphis Grizzlies thinking they were going to get Marshawn, uh, just completely all this mis- miscommunication completely made the trade not happen the way it was <laughs> supposed to. But then in the end. uh, Washington hating Austin Rivers as much as they rightfully should just shipped him (laughs) off with Kelly Oubre Jr. for Trevor Ariza straight up to the Suns. Interesting. This this is um, (laughs) this is so funny. It's crazy the the era we live in where we have a guy like Woj so plugged in that (laughs) he knows these things happening right in front of us and it's uh, sort of tweeting the details as they come. Um, And I guess it goes to show that everybody makes mistakes even. High-level executives making well over seven figures. Yeah, the highest level. <laughs> yeah. Man, have you ever heard of a deal like that crazy going down? No. no <laughs> I say, uh, typically there's a lot of vetting of these type of trades, and to have these kind of errors happen is certainly unusual. Yeah, and I mean, I don't blame uh, the Suns for backing out of this trade. I mean, Adam or Sean Brooks and Dylan Brooks, you probably want Dylan Brooks, the better player on a cheap deal right now. Um, he's currently injured for the Memphis Grizzlies, but he should be back within the next week or two from his um, MCL grade sprain. But it, I think Memphis really ends up losing here. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. and Austin Rivers, they're not, I mean, great players, but they're <laughs> decent players. And Memphis really needs as many bodies as they can get, uh, considering that they lost Conley for a couple games and their depth chart is looking bad since, I mean, we've talked about this, most of their cap space is committed to uh, Chandler Parsons. <laughs> right. And we and we talked about how when the, either Conley or Gasol is out, they really just can't compete at the level that they need to to be in the Western Conference playoff picture. Um, right. But, man, the, the best story here for me is just Austin Rivers, just the complete <laughs> fall from grace, uh, getting waved by the Suns upon his arrival. They didn't even want him. That's yeah. that, that was a huge surprise to me because – the Sun Austin Rivers is basically what the Suns desperately need more than anything is a, just someone who knows how to play the point guard position and is a true point guard here. I mean Austin Rivers definitely has his faults and um is no six man of the year candidate or anything of that sort, but I mean he's an addition from the nothing you have in, in Phoenix, so to waive him uh, that, that was surprising to me. Yeah, also, you know, one thing I know, uh, Sean has never been a huge fan of Austin Rivers, to put it mildly, but, um, you know, from what I see, I I see Austin is a pretty solid defender when he focuses on that. I think when he kind of goes off kilter a little bit is when he tries to get too offensive, but he plays very hard on uh, defense, and when you're losing Ariza, who's really more the defensive stopper, especially 
at this stage of his career, you know, someone like Austin Rivers could at least fill some defensive um, objectives there. So, um, yeah. you know, you're not getting that now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I mean, just to my other point, like you have that addition, but also just the fact that the Suns have no point guard. So, I'm, but <laughs> I mean, maybe this is a blessing in disguise for Memphis because I mean, the Suns just waved them and now Memphis can go out there and pick him up with uh without giving anything up, maybe except just a couple dollars in the luxury tax. That'd be a huge mistake. I yeah, but I mean this team this team just needs guards right at this point. I mean you got Dylan Brooks coming back in two weeks, but I guess they they might be waiting on to see what that situation is playing out because um if he's out for any longer than that, Memphis is des- desperately needs another guard on their on their roster. I mean you could just look look at their current losing streak and it tells a story of what happens when Conley is out even for just a little minor injury. Yeah, and I think history has shown with Austin Rivers when Chris Paul was injured or some of the other guards, that's really when he was able to come in and actually, you know, get get the Clippers some good play and some good win. Conley mm-hmm. being kind of injury prone, you got to figure that type of situation could happen with them, and that's where Austin Rivers could kind of come in and maybe make a good contribution and maybe get them some wins that maybe they wouldn't have previously. Yeah. He does not add any wins to that team. <laughs> I don't know, man. I wouldn't <laughs> he, doubt him that much. There, I I cannot remember one single time that Austin Rivers won a game for the Clippers. It, oh. Like, oh, I was like, oh, thank God, Austin Rivers was in the game, man. <laughs> he, gonna... he does intangibles. Oh yeah, intangible. <laughs> the what? effort. Like, what? Yeah, the, the finesse effort. plays. <laughs> he does. He I mean, plays very hard. I would rather have yeah. Ron Baker than Austin Rivers. Ron Baker is not that bad. But the Wizards just signed Ron Baker set. too. <laughs> yeah, they did. They just need effort, guys. So I mean, let's yeah, let's talk about the Wizards because this is, I think, my favorite part of this trade. I, I mean, Kelly Oubre Jr. I think yeah, he'll slightly make the Suns better, but they're tanking. The Memphis. Um, I mean, well, they obviously fell off this trade, but if they can get Austin Rivers, I think that's a slight plus for them. But for the Wizards, uh, this is their move to kind of still save their season and do something with this roster before they uh, start talking about completely blowing up this team is they get Trevor Ariza. Um, This is interesting because if you look at the week when this whole trade went down is uh, earlier in the week, they beat the Lakers. They dismantled the Lakers. (laughs) They had a shorthanded roster because of the trade. Um, And then they come back with Ariza and lose to the Hawks and the Rockets. (laughs) Uh, And Trevor Ariza averaging 17 points. 40% 40% shooting off those two games and seven rebounds. But the storyline here is I think Ariza discovered pretty quickly why the Wizards are not coming close to meeting their expectations and where we all think they should be based off their talent. Is A quote that he gave off is, we lack effort a lot. And Bradley Beal, um, that same, after that same Rockets game, is just extra effort, man. Um, and Scott Brooks, after that big Laker win, that big night from John Wall, he says... Him and Bradley Beal, uh, him as in John Wall, are the key. They are the best player. They are all-star players, but they need to bring that energy every night. So That's so ridiculous to me. It's like, if your problem is effort, <laughs> like, that's so fixable. Play yeah. harder. Like, if, that's, if you're going to point to that as your only problem, like, that's so pathetic. Yeah, I mean that to me that's clear what's going on here is just effort and it seems like it should be an easy solution. Um but I mean, do you guys think there's still a solution for this team or is the solution basically just to kind of blow this up? 
Well, I mean, they've shown, you know, through a lot of games, you mentioned the Laker games, that they're very capable of, of beating anyone on a given night. Like, and I think we've seen that through the NBA, even with a team like Phoenix beating anyone <laughs> on a given night. So certainly, I think if they, they have the right, whether it be the, you know, mental attitude of playing harder, they're certainly capable of turning around. And I think making these couple of moves also kind of gives them a little fresh perspective on on how their team can maybe move up with some tweaks here and there. So I wouldn't count them out just yet. Um, we're not even halfway through the season, and I, I like a lot of their players. So I, I think they're they're making a good run, and I, I think it's good that they're talking about it. And But just by talking about it shows that they care, and maybe they'll put in that extra effort and start getting some more wins consistently. I think consistently – is the big story with them because they certainly haven't shown that at all this year. <laughs> yeah, it's been yeah. pretty bad. But, I mean, I think uh, something that's been forgotten in this whole mix is that Otto Porter was actually starting to play like a real basketball player yeah. um, up till, until he got injured, um, like last week I think it was, and he's been out for like these few games that they've lost. And like I noticed he was starting to get an uptick in his stats, and I was like, okay, Otto Porter's actually starting to play well, and then he got hurt. Um, and Trevor Reese's had to fill the void as a new player coming in, so yeah. uh, that's always difficult to do. So maybe like once they get him back, he's just that missing piece of their depth that they need to like get back into like becoming like a team that they're supposed to be, like a playoff team and a contender in the East. Yeah, I mean their their base of players, their two stars, remind me very much of Portland. You know, you've got um, Beal yeah. and Wall, which mm. you know one could say that's the you know Portland with. Um, who are the two guys I'm thinking of in Portland? McCollum and Lillard. McCollum and Lillard, yeah. right? I mean, they're very dominant on both their teams. Obviously, um, Portland maybe has a few pieces that Washington needs, but I think they have the capability of, of being like a Portland team just because they're so dominated by those two great guards. Do you think yeah. Dwight Howard coming back would help this team at all? <laughs> that's, a, that's another interesting one. Um, I mean, I guess with... I mean, let's see. This team right now is twelve and twenty. I think any addition is would be a good addition. I yeah. Just just to mix it up and and see what they could do. And I mean, it's an it's a good point that you brought up Order Porter, um, and also the point of Portland. Yeah, they have that same guard dynamic. And I think a, a silver lining for the Wizards is they're in eleventh right now in the Eastern Conference, but they're only three games behind the eighth seed, which is the <laughs> Miami Heat. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's gonna take a tremendous amount of effort for the maybe not tremendous but it's going to take some effort uh to tank for the wizards and it's not going to take much effort to get back into that eight seed like maybe it would just take order porter jr uh coming back here yeah and then maybe dwight i mean dwight howard's got to be at least an upgrade over ian Mahinmi. he is the problem with <laughs> dwight howard though is he, he's still at least two months out from, from <laughs> that's right from now. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, so that yeah, the like by the time he comes back, they're already gonna have to have established themselves as either a lottery team or a playoff team. I think. Yeah, I mean, is you know, I think he would help, but I don't think he'd be the difference maker of you know either making the playoffs or not making it. But, right. Uh, yeah, they need Bradley Beal, John Wall, and Order Porter Jr. to just start clicking on cylinders. But uh, yeah, I mean, just watching this team effort <laughs> is the story here. <laughs> Yeah, what about so, um? What about going to the Suns? Do you think Kelly Oubre Jr. is is a good piece for them? Like, do you think he helps them at all? I mean, they've they've been winning. Yeah, here's the thing about Kelly Oubre Jr. is I think he's a decent player. He's good, but he's on his last year, um, and I think that's why they ended up trading him. Is 
I don't think Washington wants to pay him what he probably wants wants and that's true i don't know if the suns are probably gonna are gonna give him that money yeah they might i mean i doubt they'll get any big name free agents to pay a max contract to next offseason yeah i mean yeah. he's a super aggressive player and i i think you know the suns may be a good fit for him just because i think he'll he'll be a little bit bigger name over there um, obviously, you know, you've got a booker over there who's going to dominate that. But I think Ubre is probably looking for a, a fit that's going to allow him to really, you know, make a dent um, in his career. And I think it may be a good good for a start for him. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, they definitely benefit from a player at this point. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they can do finance, financing-wise financing um, at the end of the, the summer, whether they even keep him. Because... I mean, how and how much money do you think he's going to ask for? I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> it's like he's not like he's playing spectacularly in any way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm. I'm. I'm more thinking like I wonder if teams are actually going to want to uh, commit to this guy. Well, I don't think so. What I see yeah. him getting is like a three-year, thirty million deal. Like, yeah, I think that's that's, that's fair. Yeah. Seems about right. Right. Yeah. And it's only three years, so you don't have to like commit to him super long term or anything. Yeah, and I think if there's a team that should take a swing at him and Kelly Oubre will probably fit well, I think it's this team, the Phoenix Suns. Yep, what do they got to lose? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he certainly doesn't lack for confidence. That's the one thing I, I always <laughs> saw from the second I saw him play. This guy <laughs> is super confident, and, uh, you know, in the NBA, that's important. If you're yeah. going to make your mark, you got to have confidence in your game. Yeah, that's why D'Angelo Russell still isn't a bust yet. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see where I, he I mean, goes. You, you, maybe you think so. I don't think so. <laughs> never, never been a big D'Angelo Russell fan from the beginning, yeah. and uh, actually, he's—I think he's in a better position now, and I, I think he's had a little bit better um, results the last couple of years. But obviously, on a team where you're not going to get much play, so right. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm ready to throw in the towel on my hopes for D'Angelo. I still think he no. has. He, he's, he's got. got he's got, got remnants talent, to man. be. Yeah. yeah. He he's just I think he's he definitely doesn't have the personality that appeals to a lot of people. He's a confident guy for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, confident but not a star. Yeah, yeah. people love that. <laughs> yeah. How about we go to some topics that are either a big deal or are they forgetful? Here's the first one: Is LeBron recruiting Anthony Davis um, in a game after the game? LeBron is quoted as saying, "It would be amazing if the Lakers could land Anthony Davis." Um, and that quite that caused quite a stir as Alvin Gentry Alvin Gentry later after practice said we are not trading him under any circumstance. You can move on from that one. And then additionally added this quote, which I love. He said, "There's no one in the league we would trade for him. There's no one out of the league, not even Beyonce." Wow. Um, I don't repo- know. Maybe you should take that one back. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then reportedly, general managers are upset over comments from LeBron James. Um. Uh. Basically. Uh. Of, a little bit pissed off that the league isn't coming down on LeBron James with tampering charges. And an M- NBA spokesperson released a statement saying it is not tampering when a player makes a comment about his interest in playing with another team's player. And then after this game, Davis and LeBron got dinner. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. So what do we think about this whole timeline? Is this a big deal or is this just something we're going to forget about? Ugh, this is hard. What, what do you think? I'll, I'll leave you leave this one. Well, you know, I mean, obviously LeBron's always going to take every opportunity, depending on the on the situation, to start recruiting players because he knows that 
starting for next year. That's really when the expectations of maybe making it back to the finals. I don't think anyone really thinks the Lakers are going to make it to the finals this year, but clearly LeBron has to start building that, and I think Anthony Davis certainly is in, in that position. Uh, and not only him, LeBron in the interview mentioned, I'll, I'll take any great player that wants to play. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't want to play with a with great players? So I yeah. think that's just being honest. And, you know, let's face it, the NBA of today and, and discussing trade rumors, it's really driven more by the players than like an Alvin Gent. Alvin Gent really has no power in that. At some no. point, he will trade Anthony Davis if they figure he's going to leave anyway. So I think for him to make that comment, uh, it, it could go, it could reverse to him, where they might get no one for him if they don't try to trade him. That's true. Um, so, do you think this is a big deal or forgetful here? Sounds like you think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. I mean, you know, LeBron is still a tremendously um, talented player, and you and you throw another star with him, you're going to be immediately a contender. And if Anthony Davis, he said himself, he wants his legacy to be one of yeah. championships. I mean, the money's going to be there either way. But clearly, he's that guy that hasn't really tasted any kind of championship experience. And if he feels that LeBron and, and the rest of the team of the Lakers will get him there, certainly he's going to move in that direction, I think. I mean, but, you know, who knows? I thought Paul George was 99.9% <laughs> to come to the Lakers yeah. with LeBron and and that didn't work out, so you never know for sure. So what, what percent chance do you give uh, Anthony Davis getting traded to the Lakers this year? Traded to the Lakers? Yeah. Um, I'd say 40%. 40%. That's pretty high. Like, yeah. Honestly. Like, <laughs> I, I give you... it like a 20% chance. Um, I just I I feel like I the media like 5%. is yeah maybe even five. <laughs> the media yeah. just seems to be taking this story and making it their own. In my mind, it's like yeah. one of the like bit like one of the the most viewed YouTube videos for first take in the last week was one where they're talking about Anthony Davis or like the Lakers need Anthony Davis if they want to win a championship. Oh, I, I just that's feel a no like brainer. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like they're almost trying to will it into existence. With yeah, all this yeah. Talk about no, it. you you guys are both right. I think that's probably that's probably a little high. I think really Anthony Davis is gonna may basically drive that decision. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's really gonna demand a trade um, unless things go real north. And, and New Orleans has shown that you know, especially last year, they could actually go a pretty long way. Um, yeah. But they're gonna have to progress and get some other players. Obviously, Drew Holiday is a significantly important part of that team and he's mm -hmm. not going anywhere but you know i'm looking at some of their other players and they're just you know they're they're not stars so i think they need that third star if if new orleans shows that they can draw, get that person on their team i think anthony davis will stay because whether there's a championship opportunity with the lakers or new orleans i think that's what he's going to go for yeah True. it's just it's such a bummer because I don't know how much people would be talking about this if like Alfred Payton and Miritich weren't hurt right now, you know, That's like, true. and the, yeah. yeah, like the Pelicans have a really strong team and we saw this at the very beginning of the season when they were putting up 140 points a game for like their first three games. Uh, they started the year undefeated when they had everyone healthy. Um, and Julius Randall's only gotten better as the season's gone on. 
So it's like, man, I feel like this Pelicans team can really contend with anybody um, yeah. as far as like offensive efficiency. But yeah, I'll, like just their injury woes have made it so that they look weaker and that Anthony Davis has to get out of there. Yeah, I will say that this is a big deal only because I'm wishfully thinking <laughs> is I think this is going to set this is setting the stones for Anthony Davis signing as a free agent with the Lakers or demanding a trade. Uh, come summertime but it will take a lot uh, for this trade to happen because if we look at the details here in order for a trade to happen um, to match salaries the Lakers would have to include KCP um, and KCP has that no trade clause or he has to approve of the trade that's one yeah. obstacle there and then the second obstacle is if Anthony Davis does demand a trade there's still the Boston Celtics out there who have a lot better assets <laughs> than the Lakers yeah, so they would so something. they so they would need Anthony Davis to demand a trade and second, make that trade specifically for the Lakers and third, convince KCP to waive that no trade clause to go to New Orleans. But um, I mean, if this is the, the the starting point of that, of that, then I think it's a big deal. Yeah, no, I, those are all great points. And, you know, certainly New Orleans has absolutely no interest in trading. So it's never gonna, it's, <laughs> this isn't going to be a consensus kind of trade yeah. deal that like, well, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, I don't know if Anthony Davis has the personality to demand a trade, mm-hmm. although I wouldn't have thought Kawhi Leonard had that either. That's true. But that happened. So, yeah. uh, you know, that really, I would have never guessed that. So anything's right. possible. Yeah. Let's see where it goes from there. Uh, but how about this? Jabari Parker um, with the Bulls are engaged with trade talks uh, with him uh, to supposedly send him out of Chicago. Big deal or forgetful here. Forgetful. Jabari <laughs> <laughs> Parker sucks. Yeah. Worst defender in the league. He's pretty – he's, like, really slow. Like, he's super slow. And like, he looks like he's running in slow motion when I watch him play. It's crazy. This guy looked like a key franchise player to me. I mean, just like him and Andrew Wiggins have both just not uh, brought, played up to the expectations of that. That whole year leading up to that draft was like all eyes on Jabari Parker and Wiggins, the two for sure franchise yeah, both players. Both of them really didn't pan out to very much. Um, yeah. But, I mean, Utah's expressed a little interest in them, according to some reports. Um I mean, he wouldn't move the dial for them. I just don't see that being a big addition for them at all. Yeah, this whole shutting down Jabari Parker, I think I'm a little upset about it because I still, I think he he can still bring value to a team like Utah or Memphis because these teams just desperately need somebody who can give them a scoring punch off the bench. Um, would they turn? Will he turn the dial for Utah and save their season? I don't know, but it would help. I think. Yeah, I agree with both. He's he's just not an impact player. Um, you know, he's still living a little bit off the hype coming from college. But at some point, um, you know, that can only get you so far. And I think he's at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So how about Wendell Carter Jr. Laurie Markkinen um, getting two questionable technical foul calls in the game against the Magic? So I don't know if you saw these two calls on, but... These were probably two of the worst technical foul calls I've ever seen in an NBA game. Um, only compounded by the fact that the refs have been so bad this year, seemingly. Yeah. Um, did, were you, did you get a chance to see these two technicals? I actually did not 
get a chance to see this. I mean, Chicago Bulls versus the Orlando yeah, Magic. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah, <laughs> on a Friday night. Yeah, I don't no. know why the refs were calling these things. They probably just needed to get out of there. But I'll run you through a little play-by-play of them. So Wendell Carter Jr.'s so so stupid. So he gets a foul called on him, and it, he didn't agree with the call. So he just did a little hand wave like, ah, oh, screw that. And he didn't even say anything. And they called him for a technical. <laughs> It's like he yeah. didn't even look at the ref. He didn't say anything. He just was like upset at the call. And it's like Kevin Durant goes and like screams at the ref every time a foul gets called on him. And it's like you never call him for a technical. Yeah, and then that's for- like a – I was just going to say that just seems to be a consistent storyline and problem that we all have with the NBA is that there's no – consistency on who gets technicals and who doesn't it's like yeah, it's like Draymond. this guy like his wife must have left him or something like he was having a yeah. bad day <laughs> yeah i mean was... if, if draymond ahead. if draymond green got a technical every time he waved his hand he would have, <laughs> he would have been suspended 30 times <laughs> yeah he now. wouldn't be playing any games yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so exactly. it's just absurd and then Lori markinen's uh he had this epic poster dunk um in the game and then he did a little stare down like a one second stare down on the guy that he just posterized and he gets an instant technical foul which is just insane to me it's like that you get the right to stare down the guy you just posterized like that is like a pretty standard accepted thing in the nba but he gets an instant technical foul for it and it was just so bad yeah i mean joel Embiid, lebron i mean even zubak yesterday dunked the ball and hung on the rim for a little bit and i think that's technically supposed to be a technical foul um but that never gets called so that does seem silly uh but ultimately john i think this is gonna be forgetful i mean hey it's just the way it is i don't think this is gonna blow up it made me upset (laughs) yeah they're almost gonna have to start you know indicating what the criteria of stare down is going to be a technical foul. I was watching a game uh, with Milwaukee and Boston last night, and Jalen Brown had a epic dunk over Giannis, which that alone, to me, would facilitate you could stare him down a little bit right. because not many people <laughs> are going to have that kind of a dunk over, over Giannis. But, and he did get a technical because he stared at him for at least three or four seconds. So maybe if you stare for less than a second, <laughs> you have to count the that's seconds okay. Now. <laughs> but if it's more. So I actually thought he maybe deserved a technical on that. But then I thought, hey, you're doing it over Giannis. I think they yeah. you know you should have been able to show that emotion there. So it's just a matter of what level of emotion you know these guys aren't robots. They're not Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> you know they they have to have some emotion to let go. And as long as it's not you know having an impact on the game, I think you have to let a little bit of it go. But yeah, you know it's hard. To I say. agree. I agree. I mean, when Mario Hinojosa dunked on Giannis and walked over the man. There was no technical. Yeah, you didn't get a technical there. for that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's oh, true. Man, it's so frustrating. Yeah. How about Theatis? Theatis Young. Thaddeus. Um, Thaddeus Young, you named <laughs> Eastern Conference Player of the Week, alongside James Harden, named Western Conference Player of the Week. I mean, James Harden, no surprise, but Mr. Young here, named Eastern Conference Player of the Week, huge, I think. Yeah. So I this would have flown under the radar for me too had I not been playing Mark in fantasy. And he has Thaddeus Young on his team, and he was going off every night. I was like, I didn't even remember Thaddeus Young was a starter in the NBA still. And yeah. I mean, huge catalyst for these Pacers who were able to pull off a really good win streak without Victor Odolipo in the lineup for them. Um, last week, 
Thaddeus Young averaging 18.8 points, 9.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and wow, 1.8 steals. A lot of 0.8s in there. Um, yeah. So, and playing uh, fantastic defense is really why I think he won this award for the player of the week. Um, he effectively dropped his opponent's field goal percentage against the guys he was guarding by over 9%. And um, a 16% drop when they shot threes against him um, against their usual average. So and he has the Pacers. Um, he's, he's been a big part of this Pacers team getting back to third in the East at 21 and 12 right now. Yeah, him and Miles Turner are that good defensive combo. Um, and I mean, I think when we did our preseason rankings, I mean, we talked about that. Like if the, the Pacers are going to be the Pacers, but if they want to take a step forward, a lot of that's going to have to come from uh, there are other players, Miles Turner, and we mentioned Young Young a little bit, but I thought mainly more Miles Turner was going to take the bigger step, but it's nice to see that he's bringing uh, Young alongside with him. Yeah, and, it's great stuff. And then, I mean, Bogdanovich is still playing well. Yeah. Now they, now they have Odie back. Yeah, and they yeah, seem this... like Indiana's gained quite a bit of confidence. I mean, you know, when you first looked at this team all the way back to last year, you you wouldn't think they would have had the confidence to do as well as they're doing, but you know I think from Victor Oladipo having the tremendous improvement that he had, um, I think it's just been contagious for that team, and and I think their results are much better than anyone's expected. So it's really good to see because really they don't have many stars on that team. Um, even Oladipo before. You know, he's turned into a star. He's turned into a mm-hmm. star, but obviously, you know, from Oklahoma City and him coming back there, you would have thought they'd, you know, really be falling. So it's it's just great. Maybe it's their work ethic. They've got guys on their team like Thaddeus Thung that are very good two way players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um who's that other player they got from Oklahoma City? Oh, uh, oh they, they Sabonis. got Sabonis. 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 Yeah. You know, I wasn't very impressed with him at Oklahoma, but he's really fits a great role as well at Indiana, and, yeah. and he's uh, gained confidence. So you got to give a lot of credit to their coaching and the way they play as a team. So, yeah, it's, it's really nice to see. I think the Washington Wizards need to do some scouting on these guys. Yeah. <laughs> High effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, you kind of forget about some of those names. But, yeah, every starter pretty much, or even Sabonis, who's the sixth man over there, is having a career year, I mean, outside of Odalipo, who – um, is injured, but I expect him to ramp up back to where he was last year. But this Pacer team is actually pretty dangerous now as they got wins this week against the Milwaukee Bucks and the, the Philadelphia 76ers. So watch out. Yeah, unless we forget, they, they got the Cavs to a seven-game series in the playoffs last year. Right. Uh, the Cavs going to the finals. So, right. I mean, yeah, they're right up there as far as any contenders in the East. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some Indiana fans that would argue that they've had they won that game seven, they might have gone to the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals or potentially the finals. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, can't argue against it. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what happens this year. But how about Chris Paul here? Injured injured his hamstring out two weeks um, in that game against Miami that the Rockets were doing pretty well in. And as soon as this happened, they just completely fell apart. No. Um, and this comes as an unfortunate time just as the Rockets reached that eighth seed. Um, and with that loss, they fell back out of the playoff picture. Um, so just a, a glimpse of how the Rockets have performed without Chris Paul. They've been 0-5 this season. Um, and with this loss with Miami, it ends that current five-game win streak that they had. Uh, big deal or forgetful here? Oh, it's a huge deal. I mean, the Rockets, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I was like, okay, they'll be fine, you know. Like, they lose a few games here and there. But, like, they won so many games last year. It's like... 
mm-hmm. they'll be all right. And now, and then they start showing like, oh yeah, they will be fine. But it's as long as one of their top three guys doesn't get hurt, being right. Paul Harden or Capella, and Chris Paul being out two weeks. I mean, Brandon Knight's not there to back him up, obviously, and so they don't have anyone really to like fill that role for Paul being out. Maybe Austin Rivers gets a phone call from, oh. from Houston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, it just you know proves my point that Carmelo Anthony curse, even though he's not with them, is, is alive <laughs> he, and well. He was there long enough. He was there long enough to have the typical losing impact that he has with any team he's ever been on. Uh, I knew we could sneak on a Carmelo. I, I had Anthony. to sneak sneak a Carmelo. <laughs> can't Anthony, get rid of the stench. Uh, in there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is pretty brutal because the Rockets have no easy task moving forward in these games that uh, they'll be without Chris Paul. The Thunder, Celtics, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Warriors, Blazers, Nuggets, and Bucks are the next teams on their schedule, which yeah. is absolutely brutal. Yeah, you're not looking at any relief until January 11th when they Ooh. play the. Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, <laughs> all these teams are fighting. I mean, not one of these is going to be an easy night, um, especially some of these on the road against the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. Yeah, and you know James Harden's going to step up and get his, like, 40-point triple-double in some of these games, but it's yeah. it's going to be ugly. I think I, if it was either Harden or someone that indicated it. Harden now has to play a perfect game every game mm-hmm. um, for them yeah. to be successful, and... and he shouldn't have to do that. I mean, they've got some other good players, but clearly I think they're the biggest disappointment in the NBA right now. Um, yeah. and obviously, Chris Paul getting injured isn't going to help. I think obviously they'll turn it around, they'll be in the playoffs, and certainly they'll be dangerous, but um, they're they're in a big struggle right now, and, and that, that shoulder of, of Harden is just getting heavier and heavier. <laughs> and you, we've seen in the past, when it gets too heavy, he can – he can fall apart pretty easy like he did that final game a couple of years ago in the playoffs. So be interesting yeah. to see, but I, I still got to figure it's early enough when Chris Paul comes back, if he doesn't get injured again, I think they will be a factor, and I think obviously they're going to be a dangerous team in, in the long run, just not at this point. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like The, the injury is a hamstring, the same hamstring that he injured He's in had the problems playoffs. with it. Yeah, the yeah. hamstring's going to continue to linger for him, I feel, which could, like, yeah, long-term look really bad. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though, that you mentioned. Um, is it a hot take to say that the the Rockets are, are definitely definitely going to be in the playoffs? Um, or is the no. Hot, is, and is the opposite it's, true? It's I don't know if it's hot, but it's warm. <laughs> it's crazy it's a it seemed, take it seemed like that was an obvious take but now are we is that gonna is that slowly inching itself to being a hot take it's i think a lot of it's gonna depend on where they look halfway through i mean once they get through this gauntlet of teams yeah. if they've if they go on a seven game losing streak then <laughs> yeah that that's gonna spell disaster for them yeah so they're a half game behind the sacramento kings for that eight seed right now um, so let's see what happens after this stretch with the rack come the second week of January and Chris Paul making his way back. Mm-hmm. But kicking it out to the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics having a team meeting immediately after their 13-point loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Kyrie Irving had some words with the media. Uh, he was asked about what was discussed in the meeting. He said it was none of your business despite <laughs> it happening right in front of everybody. 
Um, and then an interesting quote that I saw was there's obviously some selfish play going on out there. Uh, this is a Celtics team that's currently fifth in the East, um, uh, and a couple games behind. Let's see where, what are they? They're two games behind this Philadelphia 76ers for the fourth seed. Big deal or forgetful here? Uh, I don't, I don't, I think it's forgetful. Like, so I think it's mostly forgetful because I mean, they're 18 and 13 in the East, which is basically your shoe in for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, where it might be a little bit of a big deal is that at what point do we say that it's been enough of the regular season where they should have figured it out by now? Um, yeah, because I mean, they, they showed like they kind of were figuring it out. They went on that huge winning streak. Um, after they went, they were 10 and 10 to start the season and we're like, Oh, they figured it out. Um, and I mean, the bucks are a really good team too. So I don't really know why this would like, like signal some sort of emergency meeting that needs to happen with this team. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big deal. Like maybe if it was like the Cavs, that they lost by 13 points to would be a big deal, but I mean, it's the Bucks. They're playing really well this year. Yeah, well, the Bucks at one time, I think in the first half, were up by 25 points, and I think it was like a lack of effort. And clearly, I was watching some of that game. The the Bucks were just really playing hard, and I and I the Celtics were just kind of fl- floating down the floor. It was just not not a very intense performance by then. And then the other thing I think has to be a concern for the Celtics is. Gordon Hayward, you know, obviously he's coming back from the industry. He has not shown anything close. And again, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's still coming back from the injury. But in order for them to, I think, go to that level that people expected, I thought Hayward would be the guy that would take him there. And clearly he's not there yet. So I think if he can kind of get it back on track, I think a lot of these issues will disappear and they'll have that stable scoring uh, machine that he was at Utah. But right now we're not seeing that. And, um, you know, the Bucks are a very well-balanced team. Their role players are hitting threes. So I'll tell you, the Bucks uh, are very dangerous. Very dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Giannis got to be the most dangerous man in the league. Yeah. <laughs> so who do you think here that Kyrie Irving is calling out here for selfish play? I mean... I mean, himself? I think he, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you could look at him, you could look at yourself in the mirror, Kyrie. I mean, he does a lot of isolation plays, one-on-one plays. And I mean, granted, he's a great one-on-one player. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you, Sean. And um, I agree with a lot of the points you guys made. Ultimately, I think this is forgetful. It seems kind of silly that they had this meeting um, after the Milwaukee Bucks game, since it is a great team that they're playing against. Uh, so yeah, I think this is, we're going to forget about this. Yeah, and Al Horford's hurt right now for them too. So, I mean, he's a big part of what they do, you know? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of that stabilizing factor. He's he's not a flashy player, but he's certainly solid. And, you know, a lot of games he takes them, you know, takes them all the way for the win in the fourth quarter. So he's a, he's a big loss out there. Right now they just don't seem to have any kind of cohesion between yeah. the team they were just kind of all over the place a lot of one-on-one I mean Jalen Brown did some unbelievable plays but it isn't those type of plays don't always lead to a win uh, Milwaukee was very focused intense a lot better ball movement um, so you know I think the the Celtics need to get back to that kind of play that I know they're very capable of doing yeah, yeah. 
Agree. Let's go through the injury report here. Some couple injuries out. You have someone from the Chicago Bulls, Bobby Portis, out two to four weeks with an ankle sprain. Zach Levine, um, his injury timeout was um, extended two to four weeks with lower left ankle sprain. Aaron Bain suffers a broken hand. Uh, That's another blow to the Celtics. Yeah, miss at least one month. And Goran Dragic will miss two months with knee surgery. Who's the bigger loss here? Um... I'm going to say Goran Dragic is the worst. I mean, the timetable's the longest, obviously, but this is your starting point guard, a guy that made the all-star team last year, and you're still fighting for your life. And, like, a lot of people thought that the Heat would be another shoe in to make the playoffs again this year, but they're struggling pretty mightily. I mean, Josh Richardson's playing well for them, but outside of that, you're not really getting a lot of positives. Um, And now you have to play without your starting point guard. That's going to be a brutal hit. But we could also talk about how sad it is that the Bulls just continue to get injuries and cannot get a full roster going for this entire season. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Portis, Portis being, yeah, the worst because he came back for a few games and then he got hurt again. Yeah, and I mean, Zach Levine, maybe you don't sound the alarms here, but maybe you start thinking a little bit more about Zach Levine. He's had a couple injuries now throughout his career. Um, is this kind of like going to become a trend for this guy? Could be. I mean, a lot of times when you start getting injuries, it, it, it continues. You see it with Chris Paul a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's an indication that he might be one of those players that are injury prone. The other thing with Zach Levine, I mean, to say, you know, you take a play, he's a very good player, and he's really considered, I think, the best player on the Bulls. And if, yeah. that, if he's your best player, you know, where are the Bulls going? I mean, clearly this year they're going nowhere, but they just are not doing the things needed to, to improve, I don't think. Yeah. And these injuries certainly don't don't help. Yeah. I mean Goran Drogic would also be a big blow for this Miami Heat team, losing an all star for two months. So we're looking at a return some point at some point at the end of March. Um where basically the playoff picture is almost sealed by then, unless mm-hmm. the Western Conference continues where it's at. Yeah, I mean, they they could probably still make the playoffs without him because it is the East. Yeah. Possibly, but I think he he is certainly a guy that would make that difference between making it and not making it. When you're probably talking, they're going to yeah. be you know in or out within a, a game or two. He's going to make that kind of difference, and for being out for two months, he's really a, a huge catalyst for that team, and certainly you know is responsible for at least three or four wins on his own. So, yeah. yeah, that's, in my mind, the most impactful of all the injuries. Sean said just because of the length, but I think of, of all the players other than maybe Zach Levine, he has the greatest impact to his team, even though obviously Zach Levine um, isn't going to lead them to the playoffs. <laughs> no, you don't imagine a magical playoff run by the Bulls happening anytime no, soon. No, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, let's look at some of the hot teams who have caught fire this last week. The Brooklyn Nets, a six-game winning streak um, before losing to the Indiana Pacers. Um, and they also got a – D'Angelo Russell got his revenge game against the Los Angeles Lakers, if you still want to call it that. Um, they also alongside beat the Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers and their one game out of the eight seed. A team who looked like their season was completely just lost after losing Carice LeVert all of a sudden is uh, – signaling that they're here and they're ready to fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, one of two of our surprising hot teams this week. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow the hot, one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, 
where we thought that they were just destined to be a top three lottery team after Curry's Levert's injury. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie had something to say about that. Yeah. And the man earned his money. He got his extension, and he's been playing like a man possessed. And, you know, D'Angelo Russell has his good games here and there. So, yeah, yeah. between those two did. guys, they have a lot of scoring potential. How about this next team? This team is a, a funny one that we listed here. Oh, the it's, Phoenix dude, Suns. This is, the, this is the one we need to talk about. because The this Phoenix is, Suns. The Phoenix is Suns. Four are they worth game even winning discussing? Streak. <laughs> yeah so yeah what what is going on with these guys have they just decided that you know they're they're all of a sudden a good team now i mean i think just getting devin booker back uh helps a helps a ton um uh, not that, like that really mattered much before that though before he yeah got there. I, I don't know i'm not really sure nothing really has changed the devin booker deandre aiden maybe players just getting more comfortable with each other honestly i've not watched a lot of phoenix suns games <laughs> for good reason but the fact that they're on this win streak is, hey, it's a positive sign. Perhaps the storyline of them potentially moving out of Phoenix inspired uh, some play from this team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really do actually, you know, as, as poor as their record is, I love watching Phoenix play. I love yeah? I love Devin Booker. Aiton, <laughs> uh, you know, the rookie, plays hard. He's got some good skills. So they certainly don't win a lot of games. But I think what we've seen in the NBA this year, and Phoenix certainly is one, they've beaten some very good teams. They beat Boston. Um, I think they then they beat the Lakers or, their, or some of the other good team. But they are, are uh, a team that goes out there and plays hard. They might not win. And you're seeing it. You know, Memphis, who was a disaster last year, obviously mainly because of injury. They're coming back. Sacramento, you know, who expected <laughs> them to be in it. So yeah. it just shows that, NBA parity, um, I think, is maybe stronger than ever. And then, you know, uh, conversely, we talked about Washington. Washington is a big disappointment because maybe they're not showing the effort. So I think that shows if you go out there and you play hard, expect to win, it can happen because these guys are all talented. They're all in the NBA for a reason. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's great to see, you know, Phoenix and teams like that beating some of the top teams. Instead of just saying, "Well, that's an easy win for the, you know, for the Bulls or or not for the Bulls for the Celtics for the Celtics," yeah. so yeah. you know, clearly we're we're seeing that every game is a competitive game, and that's what we love to see. I, I don't like to see fifty point wins, uh, yeah, so I, I think agree. that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, just to sneak the Clippers into this podcast, uh, just yeah, like the Clippers are only playing well this year because they play hard. Like every game, you got effort, high energy guys. And we wouldn't be in the playoff picture if we were playing like the Wizards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So on the opposite side of that, let's go to the sinking teams. And we've mentioned the Memphis Grizzlies a couple times, but they've lost five in a row, seven of their last eight, and have not reached the 100-point plateau in any of those games. Um, Mike Conley missed a couple of those with his hamstring injuries. Uh, is, the, is the Memphis bluff over, or is this? are they just going through a, ba- a rough patch right now? I think it is unless they make a move. Um, you not scoring a hundred points in a game in this day and age in the NBA is basically a death sentence. Because everybody's scoring a hundred ten or more every game, and for all eight of their last games, they haven't gotten over a hundred points, which is crazy. Yeah, that's unprecedented. I, st- I still you know. believe in Memphis. I think Dylan Brooks is going to add a a little something when they Dylan come back Brooks- and. Dylan Brooks is going to be I the think, difference for them, really? I, 
I think he'll get them back on track. Oh, um, and I do think there might be another move hidden up the sleeve for this Memphis Grizzlies at some point this season, a trade of some sort. Yeah, I think they've obviously they've they've overachieved up to the point where they you know they have this losing streak, especially compared to last year. But I think what it really shows is how dependent they are on Conley. I mean, yeah. he, you know, one could argue, boy, is this guy a, a twenty-eight million dollar a year player or whatever he's getting when he when he signed that contract? But in terms of value to his team, Definitely. it's hard to think of another player that makes a difference between winning and losing as much as him being in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. I mean, yeah, they would be a lottery team if he wasn't there. So, like, should we be considering Mike Conley as, like, a top five MVP player if we go by, like, the true definition of how valuable a guy is to his team? I guess, maybe. I'd have to think about that. I'm relu- I'm kind of leaning, well, I don't know. It's like, it's like no one expected the Grizzlies to be good this year at all. And then they come out of the gates like this again, and you're like, okay, it's like Mike Conley's back. Like, that's the reason you point to. It's like Marcus Gasol was there for them the entire year last year. True. And yeah, Mike Conley wasn't there. Exactly. So I, I that's just why I show he makes it now. You know, would he have been considered a top five MVP in kind of the criteria today? Absolutely not. Yeah. But <laughs> you're right. If you just do it strictly on value to your team. Absolutely, he, mm-hmm. he would be in there, no question. In- interesting take. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make a, a point there on that one. I'm not sure. I, I think I want to take, think about it a little bit. But I think more than anything, I think Conley makes a makes his case for All Star even more mm-hmm. or greater. I think it seems almost like a crime that he hasn't been an All Star up to this point. Like he might go down as an, well, yeah, he's going to go down snubs ever. Oh, like he's going to easily go down as an all-time player for the Memphis Grizzlies franchise, and the oh, fact yeah. that he's never made an All-Star game is seems kind of like yeah. a crime, really. Yeah. I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, does he even is he? I mean, could he even make? Could he make the Hall of Fame at one point? It's possible. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to say if guys like Rip Hamilton can make it, guys like Mike Conley can make it. Yeah, it'd be crazy. I guess we'd talk about that. I, I, at Rip that Hamilton's point. good, but it's not like he was a yeah. game changing player, you know? Nah. No. Yeah, I would say Mike Conley was better than any of Rip Hamilton's yeah. uh, best seasons. What well, about the Dallas Mavericks? Four game losing streak, giving him 120 plus points in the last games. This was a team that caught fire and uh, has kind of come down back to earth a little bit here. Now with a 15 and 15 record, they're still, they're still at 500, but. Um, they are on a current losing streak. Yeah, this is going to be one of those teams that is going to have really good nights and really bad nights just because of their youth. Yeah. I mean, Doncic is 19. <laughs> the dude's been playing amazing. But, I mean, it's so hard to lead an NBA team with this much competition, this much parity going on in the NBA right now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're just going to they're gonna have these stints because they don't have the star-level ta- star talent to maintain consistency. Yeah, you got Dirk averaging like three points uh, right Dirk's, now. Yeah, Dirk's <laughs> just having his like twilight tour. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Dirk is barely able to make it, you know, to both ends of the court at this point. <laughs> so you know he's really ready to go. But you know he certainly deserves this kind of uh, you know, last tour. But yeah, I I think there's some definite bright spots. You know, this Dantich is just a tremendous 19 year old player. He's Crazy. super aggressive. He's got great footwork, good size. Um, he's not intimidated by any other players. So if they can build a team with him 
and they do have a few good young players. I, I don't know how long, how much longer you know Jordan's going to be effective, but he's shown he's got a lot of staying power, and and you know he almost never gets injured. And if he can yeah. give them another four or five good years and build that team, I think you could see Dallas back in the picture the next two three years. Um, you know, and they're another team this year that you could easily say they're overachieving compared yeah. to what probably, you know, most people would have thought they were in a playoff spot, I believe. And I don't know if they still are, but, um, so yeah, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like what Dallas is doing, um, uh, with some of their young players. And I think getting finally Deandre Jordan gives them some good defense and rebounding. So yeah, yeah I, I like what Dallas is doing. Yeah. Everyone thought Charles Barkley was crazy for saying the Mavericks were going to make the playoffs at the beginning of this year. <laughs> they were they had a playoff spot in December. Right now they are looking outside, um, but I mean the separation is not that large, so they could easily get themselves back mm-hmm. into that playoff picture. But how about we run through the best performers of the week real quickly? Here we got D'Angelo Russell going 13 for 19, 32 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals, and 0 turnovers in a win against the Atlanta Hawks, following that up after his performance against the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell coming back on track here. Yeah, big reason why the Nets have able to be on this win streak uh, before they lost to the Pacers and get themselves back into the East playoff picture. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I, I had to put this one in there just to remind you guys of how much D'Angelo Russell doesn't suck. I mean, I, I'm not ready to lose hope on him, but uh, at times I feel like I want to, but I'm still holding on. That I do think he still has remnants of talent here. It's like um, he, sh- he shows these flashes, and the man's only 22 years old. Yeah. How about yeah. John Wall here? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, D'Angelo Russell, like I said, I've never, I've never been a huge fan. <laughs> I, I didn't see him as a number two pick. But he's certainly a good player. Um, I just don't think uh, he was a number two pick. And he didn't seem like with the Lakers, um, you know, he was the guy that was going to do anything. So I was quite happy that they moved him to Brooklyn. And I think he's, he's uh, you know, doing well over there. Um, and I'm happy for him. And hopefully he gets to the point where he really starts to make an impact and, and starts to validate that second pick. Yeah. How about John Wall going 16 for 27 from the field, 40 points, 6 rebounds, 14 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks in that win against the Lakers. Monster game, easily the best game of the year for uh, John Wall and helping me secure some fantasy points, a good amount of fantasy points on Sean here this week. (laughs) Yeah, he did me dirty, but yeah, this is what he's capable of if he actually puts in effort, apparently. Yeah, effort, the key word for this team. And then... uh, Sticking with the Lakers storyline here, LeBron and Lonzo getting uh, the twin triple doubles in the same game. Only the sixth time in NBA history that teammates have done that. LeBron and Lonzo. I think this is the ceiling here. This is what we want to see at <laughs> yeah. least in the next couple of years is LeBron and Lonzo walking out of games with triple doubles. Wouldn't that be pretty crazy? Yeah, I think LeBron is is really doing a good job at trying to kind of boost Lonzo. I mean, Lonzo's obviously his offensive play is is very limited, um, mm-hmm. and LeBron is really boosting his confidence and and saying that's okay. You know, keep shooting, keep doing this, and I think I'm seeing a very more relaxed uh, Lonzo ball and and fitting a lot better into the offense. I still think he's got a lot of issues with his shooting and his offensive game, and it's some yeah. yeah. At some point, that's going to have to be addressed. But I, I think LeBron is, is kind of being a good mentor to him. And we're seeing some of those good results on the court. 
uh, getting a triple-double, which he's more than capable of doing. I think yeah. his triple-doubles are always going to be like 12 points and the <laughs> right. rest, but um, certainly um, you know, he's doing a little bit better right now on his, on his game. Yeah, and I think Lomonzo plays some of the best defense I've seen out of any of these Laker guys. Yeah, um, I he agree. He uses his length. He's really bulked up this year, um, so he's not re- really able to get pushed around by anybody. Um, it don't, yeah, yeah, it always impresses me just how smart of a basketball player he is. He just gets into those passing lanes and reaches at the right time and makes good defensive plays for this Laker team. And unfortunately for him, some of that stuff just doesn't translate onto the stat lines very yeah. well. So uh, I think he gets a lot of flack from novice uh, NBA fans who don't really understand what they're watching at times, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I still have hope. I think Lonzo Ball has got a lot of potential there. Glad to see that happen. But how about some of the worst performance of the week? Terrence Ferguson, your guy, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> guy on your on your fantasy no, team. You my guys, talk about this guy? Well, my guy is Terrence Ross, who we, oh. we can talk about him too. But, um, yeah, we can bring up him really quick. Terrence Ross, 1 for 11 shooting, 2 points, 3 rebounds, and 28 minutes total. <laughs> Uh, getting me minus five fantasy points in a crucial matchup against you this week. Uh, well, we're neck we've been neck and neck the entire week, and it's gonna come down to this weekend. Yeah, this is this not a good week for for um, anybody named Terrence in the NBA. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, no, the worst the worst performance of the week are now sponsored by guys named Terrence. So we're gonna yeah. go to Terrence Ferguson next. Um, in 24 minutes, he posts the vintage Leangelo Ball stat line, which is. Zero, zero, zero as far as points, rebounds, and assists. Zero blocks, but one steal <laughs> and a loss to the Nuggets. <laughs> Not a total that, loss. Yeah, he's in the right place at the right time. Did that, that lead to uh, Leangelo reference, Dad? It's uh, referring to him yes. stealing something. So he has no stats, but he gets one steal. I got no, I didn't. I didn't get that reference. So thanks yep. for thanks for there clarifying. There you go. The vintage that. Leangelo his, Ball stat line. Yeah, that's his UCLA career stat line right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? I love this final thought you yep. came up here mm-hmm. with, John. Why don't you break it down for us? Of you, course, you, you say it. Yeah. So, so to close off the podcast tonight, it's been two months since Patrick McCaw turned down a two-year, five point two million dollar from the defending champion Warriors to sit on his couch and continue to be a restricted free agent. And guys like Swaggy P and Ron Baker all have jobs before him. Yeah, and Jamal Crawford, 40-year-old Jamal Crawford. <laughs> yeah, 40-year-old Crawford. Jamal Crawford, 41-year-old Dirk Nowitzki, 40-year-old Vince Carter. Um, all these guys have jobs over this strapping young 21-year-old lad that Jose turned down $5 million. <laughs> from, a defend, from the defending champions. From the defending I, I... champions. I this like I I always love it that when there's storylines like this that just fall through the cracks and then we get we uncover them through our research like this is a great <laughs> uncover Patrick McCall making a bad bet yeah that's uh, not your best business decision <laughs> it's hard to bet on yourself when you really have nothing going for you yeah. you know you just back up on the Warriors <laughs> they wanted to bring him back. Oh, man. Well, hopefully he gets signed at some point. I think he still brings value to somebody. Although Maybe the I don't Grizzlies think... will sign him. Yeah, though I'm not sure anybody wants to sign him for $5.2 million. No. But Patrick McCall, uh, shouts out to you, man. Hopefully the couch is doing you well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. 
We're everywhere, man. Yeah. You have a Merry Christmas, Alan. Merry Happy Christmas. Holidays. Too. Happy holidays. Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast with us, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, come back anytime. Have a good Christmas, everyone.